0: Hi, are you a gifted or twice exceptional adult who feels a bit stuck in your journey? Do you have goals and dreams which you would love to achieve, but you don't know where to start or feel a little bit overwhelmed? Or maybe you have a thousand ideas, 500 projects and get distracted by your own thoughts and would love some support on focus and accountability. Whatever gets you stuck, I wholeheartedly believe that gifted and twice exceptional specific coaching will help you unleash your power so that you can be your most authentic gifted self. I recently embarked on my journey on becoming a gifted and twice exceptional coach. So if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, please reach out via email at hello at giftedunleash.com, or you can find more information about my coaching offers on the website giftedunleash.com forward slash coaching. I would love working with you and I would love to get you unstuck. So please reach out and let's get started. Hello and welcome to Unleash Monday where we talk about the brain, especially the gifted brain, and how does it affect our thinking and experience of the world differently? There are a lot of stereotypes and stigma around giftedness, and I'm here to challenge those. I'm here to raise awareness and to have a conversation around this topic of what does it mean to be a gifted adult. Common experience among gifted folks is that they feel out of place. They don't quite fit in. They are too sensitive, too intense, too emotional, too overexcitable, and too deep thinkers about the world and about themselves. So if you have been called too much of about anything, then this show is for you. My name is Nadia. I'm too loud, too colorful, too bubbly, too bossy, and I love to talk too much. So welcome to my world, and I'm so happy you are here. Hi, and happy Monday. Welcome to Unleash Mondays. I'm so excited you are here. And before we get into today's guest, I just want to quickly make sure that everybody that's listening knows about what's happening on the back end of Unleash Monday. So last time I announced that I'm opening the doors for the founding members for the Unleash Monday community, and this is a community for gifted women and whoever identifies with the female experience. And if you're interested in joining, please do so because we're going to close the door on the 15th of September But if you get in very quickly today, actually on the 30th of August at 7 p.m. Central European summertime, we have our first call and we're going to meet each other and it's going to be like a kickoff welcoming call on Zoom. So if you're fast in signing up and listening, come and join us. But if you're just listening to this a little bit later, before the 15th of September, there's a chance for you to Come and join us as a founding member, which means you will be able to help shape this community from the ground up and you get into at the founding member price. And then we're going to close the doors and just as a small cohort, start creating how we want to define and how we want to set the stage as this community of gifted women and how we want to set the direction and self-developmental goals and how we want to, yeah, set the tone for this community. So if you want to be part of this, please join me and the other members that are already here. There's a few of us. But again, this is something that's really just starting from the ground up. And otherwise, I'll keep you updated and we'll let you know when the doors open again in the future. So yeah, if you want to join, then head over to UnleashMonday.com and click onto the community button and you get onto the landing page where you can join us for our Unleash Monday community. So with that said, I want to introduce you to Eileen Kelleher. She's a therapist and works in the gifted and 2E field with mostly gifted kids, but also gifted adults. And as you might know by now, a lot of gifted kids do have gifted parents. She's coming onto the show and shares about her experience and how she's working in the gifted space and what she offers and her insights. And I was just scribbling a lot of notes and highlighted everything that she said, because I think it's it's really important for us to hear. There's so many good golden nuggets and I hope you enjoy this interview, so, without further ado, here is Eileen Kelleher. Welcome, Eileen. I'm so excited to have you today on the show. Thank you, So you're working in the gifted and two e sphere, and I believe a lot of us that work in this field they have their own story, otherwise, I think we wouldn't tap into this topic. Do you mm-hmm. want to share a little bit about? yourself and how you got interested in the topic?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Chicago. And so in Chicago, some of the it's kind of a two tiered education system, which makes it unequal. But at the same time, you kind of have to test into some schools. And so for as young as kindergarten, you have to kind of do a random test to get into certain schools and then in high school as well. So from early on like in school you also can be in special like gifted like offshoots like a reading group or something like that and you also take standardized tests regularly every year and you get the results back on that. So there's a lot of testing. So children become aware of where they stand academically pretty young. And so as a result, I was told I was gifted from somewhat of a young age. And as a result, I think that on the one hand, and my mom always encouraged me and my sister and, you know, told me that I was smart and talented. And on the one hand, that's great because it gives you a certain level of confidence And I had that going into academic situations, but at the same time, it also creates a sense of deep insecurity about always kind of feeling like you need to measure up or you need to perform in a way that shows that you're quote unquote gifted, you know, it doesn't leave a lot of room for error. And so when I would make a mistake, I would feel this huge fear that I wasn't as smart as everyone else said. And that, along with some other things, I also grew up dealing with some depression and anxiety. And luckily, you know, with therapy, with mental health supports, I was able to work through that and get a lot of help so that I could kind of recover and have an adult life that was rich and meaningful. But when I decided that I wanted to, become a therapist, which was my second career, I didn't even connect that my own story would help me in finding the kids that I love to work with the most. And so there was a special program when I was getting my master's degree in social work that was for evidence-based interventions with children and teens. And so it had a scholarship attached to it. So I was like, (laughs) let me uh, try this out. But I ended up really loving it. And I had a great supervisor. And then I found that working with children and teens is something that is very natural for me. I've always kind of enjoyed connecting with kids. And I don't know if that has to do with the fact that when you're gifted, sometimes you do feel different. And sometimes it can be hard to find your people in a certain way. And for me, I could always like at a party, I was always hanging out and playing with kids and like having fun. And I think that being able to combine my interest in therapy to help people the way that I had been helped. And then also the joy I got in working with children and teens, combining those two was huge. I found through just like working in community mental health and in the child welfare system that the kids I tended to enjoy working with the most were seen as smart and talented, but people didn't know why they were having the struggles they were having, right? And so I started when I went into private practice and decided, you know, this is what I kind of want my niche to be. I started meeting with people in the gifted community to kind of get to know that side of things. And they were so helpful. Talking to parents was so helpful. And I really started to immerse myself in the struggles and the strengths of gifted families. So from there, I've just ever since, I've just worked mainly with children who are identified as gifted or twice exceptional. And I recently learned about being thrice exceptional, which is cool. And so that's just really been the way I've fell into it. And it's helpful because I think I can really bring a sense of understanding to what some of the kids and teens are going through, where they feel like a lot of people don't understand them. I feel like that's a really cool way where we both benefit from the you know, connection that comes from that. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned you
0: had therapy yourself as a child. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, I guess, at the time, was that also a gifted specialist or was that person trained in gifted and 2E? Because I hear a lot of stories where now adults say, you know, I've tried therapy and it didn't work. And the fact that, you know, they didn't seek out a gifted specialist. So can you say something
1: about that? That's a good question. You know, I don't know whether the therapists I saw had a specialty in giftedness. I doubt they did, just because back then that wasn't really much of a thing in like therapist's circles at least that I know about because it's very new now with some people but I think that one of the things that was helpful for me when I was you know trying therapy is that my parents had me stick with it initially I was resistant somewhat I was very shy and so initially I wouldn't say a lot but my parents would have me keep going. And when I first went to therapy, it was me and my mom. And I do find that with children, it can be really helpful. Or in my view, you need to have the parents involved and the family involved in order to get that buy-in and to see the results that you want. But yeah, no, for me, it was more like with one of my therapists, I didn't talk for the first 3 to 6 months that i saw them <laughs> as a teenager <laughs> because as a teenager i was just so resistant i didn't like that you know my previous therapist had moved away and i was like no and um but eventually i stayed and i think i think i just lucked out in that i had two therapists who were women who were just really patient and kind but also um, they used Therapy with me that had some evidence behind it, right? So I think that that's important with gifted children is that it has been found that evidence based interventions like cognitive behavioral therapy are effective. And so it's important, I think, for therapists to have some background or training in using that type of therapy because it can produce the results that parents are looking for and that the child is looking for. And I found it really helpful as well.
0: I just want to know a little bit more about how, you know, you say you knew you were gifted, you had therapy, so you have somewhat a quote unquote typical gifted upbringing, but Mm -hmm. then only after, you know, as an adult going into the studies and learning about giftedness, I guess that's only when you realized what it means to be gifted. Is that correct? or? I guess growing up, you had your own experience, but is it somewhat, I, I feel a lot of kids being identified growing up in school, they get, you know, the academic support, but not so much like the coaching or therapeutic support.
1: Yes. Yes. I think that that is very true. And I think that I I'm somewhat of an anomaly because I got therapy so young because my parents were comfortable with getting mental health support, right? Mm. One thing that I do see with some kids that I work with is that, you know, their parents kind of had a stigma or a concern about if I send my child to therapy, does it mean something about us or about them? And one of the things that I found helpful as an adult and as, you know, I have friends who were identified as gifted when they were younger is normalizing the fact that therapy is just another support, you know, just like if you need a nutritionist for something, or if you need physical therapy for something, or if you want to get a personal trainer for exercising, like therapy is just another tool that can help you improve the quality of your life. And so I work with some gifted adults as well. And I I just feel like therapy would be so helpful for the majority of people because a lot of times we don't realize that there are patterns or things that are happening that we could actually improve that, that we could, if only we were aware of them, you know, that could make our lives better or make us less hard on ourselves. So I appreciate that my parents had me go to therapy early on, but I do know that like you said some people are identified as gifted later and things kind of come to a head later in terms of seeking out the mental health care they need
0: do you want to share a little bit about the gifted specific needs in therapy or why it's important as a gifted person to to seek out no matter if you're a child teenager or adult being supported by a gifted specialist Because I think the needs are a little bit different, aren't they?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. One of the things that I found when working with gifted children and adults is a tendency towards either perfectionism or rigidity in their thinking. So I think that some of the thinking traps that have been identified when it comes to depression and anxiety Because gifted people are so praised for their intellectual abilities and for their abilities to think, it causes an issue because a lot of mental health difficulties start in the head, right? They start with the way we think. So if we're very attached to the way we think because it's been praised, it's going to be hard to look at our thoughts kind of objectively or with some space which is really needed for, you know, having better mental health. And so one of the things that I find is that typical thought patterns like catastrophizing, which is where you jump to the, you know, worst conclusion, mind reading, where you think you know what other people are thinking about you or about a situation, black and white thinking, where it's either all or nothing, like either everyone hates me or everyone loves me. So those are kind of typical thought patterns of people who deal with depression and anxiety. And I think that because gifted people have a talent for analyzing and just sometimes overthinking that we can become even more susceptible to those thinking traps. And so that's something that I found working with gifted and twice exceptional people is getting them to the point of being able to have some distance from their thoughts, being able to not over-identify themselves, their sense of self with the thoughts that come into their head, that not everything they're thinking is a fact or is the truth, right? And so the way that I found that you kind of do that is through implementing some kind of mindfulness practice that can help them start to observe without judgment their thoughts. But there's also other things. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Keep going. Okay. So then there's also, I think I saw on your podcast that someone had talked about the Dabrowski's overexcitabilities. And so that was identified by a Polish psychologist a long time ago that gifted people tend to have certain intensities. And so that can be intellectual intensity, imaginational. Sensory, psychomotor, and emotional. And so that basically means that <laughs> gifted people tend to be very intense in these areas. And it doesn't have to be that you're intense in all of those areas, but at least one or two are probably common within gifted people. So, for example, if you have emotional intensity, You probably feel things very deeply and that can also sometimes be scary for gifted people because they can feel so much, either so much joy, so much pain, so much sadness. And so as a result, you'll see some kids or adults have learned how to numb themselves or to try and find a way to cover up those feelings. And sometimes it's been in ways that are maladaptive and are causing them trouble. And then things like the imaginational intensity, that is when kids get very wrapped up and involved in fantasy and stories in that can sometimes translate to video games. They love the idea of like building other worlds and of the mystical of mythology. And while that's amazing and beautiful, some of the traps that can come with that is getting almost escaping reality through some of these other outlets. Sometimes you will see gifted kids who are having trouble fitting in or having trouble feeling different. They will go to being on their video games 24 seven and kind of escaping the world or just coming up with stories and ways to keep themselves A way to feel a certain amount of connection with others through these coming up with stories and friends that are, you know, in their imagination that help them with some of the social isolation they might feel. Yeah. So, with each of those intensities, I find that there are opportunities for just like these amazing strengths. And there's just such a richness to the inner life of the kids that I work with, which I love. But then also there are a lot of just opportunities where they can go down a certain path that may not always be helpful for them. And so I find that navigating the intensity and sensitivity of gifted kids is a big deal because they speak like adults sometimes and have the ability to, you know, talk circles around people who are like 10 years older than them or whatever. I think a lot of times they're treated by adults or by parents as if they are on par with adults, as if they have the ability to manage their emotions the way adults do. And they really don't. If anything, as we know, through asynchronous development, gifted kids probably have less capacity than other kids their age to manage their emotions sometimes. And so, yeah, I feel like learning how to navigate that as a child and as an adult is really important. I think with adults, what I find more is you have to kind of peel back the layers or undo some of the things that they've developed as coping mechanisms that are no longer serving them because they had to get through a world and a system that wasn't built for them. So that's what I see a lot. Yeah. And is
0: it an issue if, you know, usually gifted 2E kids have gifted Mm -hmm. 2E parents. And if the parents were not identified, right. And they're like, well, but I was like that as a kid. First of all, like how do kids, you know, end up being able to, enjoy your services and how do parents react or do the parents learn through the children about their own status and because my own story is kind of like I learned this about myself mid-30s and I'm like well Mm -hmm. I always thought this is how everybody experiences the world right Right. and yeah if you don't know as an adult you're just like well I had to learn to deal with this. You learn coping mechanism. That's what adults have to do.
1: Mm-hmm. do yeah. Yeah. No, I will talk about that. Believe me. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> because I feel like that's a big part of my work is also working with parents. And one of the things that you find, which I forgot to mention in like gifted people is these very high standards for how they believe they should perform, how they believe they should act. And so what I find with parents of gifted kids is parents are often kind of anxious about the fact that if their child is struggling, that means there's something wrong with them. You know, that means they didn't parent perfectly and that's a problem. And so they are either really interested and involved in the Work with their child, which is awesome. And I feel like, yeah, I make the most progress when I'm working with a family as a whole. And we kind of, with younger children, like it's kind of not just about the child, it's about how everyone relates to each other. Because sometimes the child's anxiety will come from the parents' anxiety about their performance or about their abilities or about their fears about their future. A lot of times, parents. They identify also with their child a lot, as you said. And so they will see the path their child is on and be like, uh oh, I don't want them to have to deal with what I had to deal with, or uh oh, I don't want this to happen. And so they try to change their child in a way that can sometimes make the child feel like, what's wrong with me, or that there's something that they're doing wrong, or that a lot of it has to do with feeling they're wrong because they're different as opposed to they're different. And that's great. And also, I think (laughs) you also see with parents, they want to do such a good job. There's so much pressure as a parent, especially in the United States, people are always judging you. People are always telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing that if there's something going on with your child, it can just feel so intense and you can feel so alone. And I feel like I'm always recommending to parents to get involved in the gifted community in their area because having other parents who go through this is so, so important. And parents are just a wealth of information. Like you meet parents who've, you know, have gifted kids who are now in college and they can tell you everything about the school system. They can tell you everything about, you know, the legislation around gifted kids. And so I think that community is so, so important. But then on the other hand, there are also sometimes the expectation that you can just drop off your kid with a therapist, the therapist will fix it, and then they'll come back and be good as new, right? And I think often we don't realize that sometimes the issues that kids deal with in terms of their intensity and sensitivity can be addressed relatively well, but that there's also The fact of the response within the family to the intensity and sensitivity, and what it triggers in the parents with their own intensity and sensitivity. It's just like, you know, so it's kind of trying to piece out through the patterns that you see. Okay. How can we kind of either give this child a break a little and kind of let them discover and learn for themselves while they're working with me on? Kind of identifying some of the things that may be causing them difficulties, or how can we start setting some boundaries and limits with this child so that they're not the ones running the household? Um, they're not the ones, you know, that because they are so smart that they haven't kind of taken on the role of parent in some areas. So yeah, there's just there's a lot of different things that come up when involving parents and families, and I think that's where. I really love to work at that intersection because you see as the parents start to heal, the kids start to heal or vice versa. And it's just a really beautiful process to watch as everyone kind of relaxes around each other, you know, let's breathe out. Like we've been through some stuff, but it's going to be okay. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I find.
0: And if you gift, it is one thing, right? And then if two E comes into play, that's a whole other.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely. Please tell, what, what is twice exceptionality? So twice exceptionality is usually defined as a child who has a high ability in one area, is gifted in, you know, maybe language or math or can also be gifts like in gymnastics or uh, in a physical realm, creativity, but then who also struggles in one area as well. And usually that is something that is defined as a disability in America. So that could be something like a specific learning disability, dyslexia, You know, mental or emotional difficulties. So having ADHD, it's kind of being on two extremes that can make it hard sometimes to navigate because what we see often is these children and adults are only looked at for their strengths and are just focused on the fact that they're gifted. And so people think, oh, they shouldn't have any other difficulty anywhere, or they're only focused on for the things they struggle with. And so they are basically get the impression that they're not smart, that they don't have talent, and that there's just something about them that is wrong, and they're never kind of acknowledged for the huge strengths that they have for their giftedness. So those are usually kind of where the problems happen within the educational system specifically.
0: Yeah, and just to clarify, if you're gifted, you know, it's like, say, strengths, like, Guess 2E also, if you have ADHD, you have different set of strengths. But when you're gifted and you you have such a disability in a sense, you can maybe overcome some of it with strategies that you come up Mm -hmm. with, but it doesn't cancel itself out, right? It's no, it's very tiring, probably.
1: I think, yeah. And one parent has said to me that most people who are gifted have some amount of twice exceptionality, right? Like we're always dealing with, you know, high ability in one area. And since there's asynchronous development, you have to kind of make up for it in another area. And so I think that, and like you said, I do think that's an important point that ADHD it just is a different way of thinking and being. It's not necessarily a deficit. It's only seen as a deficit as defined within the way that our society, quote unquote, expects people to learn and to act, which I think is actually true for a lot of things that people consider to be like disabilities. But the reason that I say disability is because that is being identified that way helps kids to get supports in school that they often badly need. But yeah, what I've found with TUI children and their parents is that it's very hard to find an educational fit for them. That you know they are off the charts in some areas and they get so bored in class that they start being identified as having behavioral issues because they won't just sit still or because they're walking around and trying to find something to do or, you know, or they're only focused on for what they're struggling with. And so they don't get a lot of positive feedback. So the focus is just, you're not learning at this certain level that we think of kids should be learning at. And so that means that you're wrong. You're different and i think that's the main issue is this idea of being different is so hard for kids and adults because we want to fit in we're wired to connect and to belong and when your brain works a little differently than others it can make you feel like oh i'm not going to be accepted or i'm not going to belong or other people don't understand me and so i'm just not going to try or there's social anxiety involved and so I think that feeling different can be really hard when you're a young person. When you're older it's kind of an asset, right? In some ways like people really love someone who can come up with different ideas, someone who's a little quirky, a little, you know, sometimes they can be kind of like the thought leaders or ahead of the curve. But when you're a child, you just want to have friends, you know, <laughs> you just want to you just want to belong and I think as adults you do too, but yeah, I find that there is a specific stress that happens when a child is 2E. And also the parents get often get a lot of phone calls home from the school, and that creates a lot of stress for the parents. So they're often kind of burnt out from dealing with that.
0: And what you said about friends, I guess as a child, you kind of been put in a place, like you get assigned your schoolmates. Yeah, <laughs> you're, right. you're just placed and these are your friends now. Whereas as an adult, I guess we also have a little bit more freedom and possibilities to go outside of the immediate circle. Hmm.
1: Yeah, you can find your people, you can find who you connect with. But one of the things I find with gifted adults is that they are kind of socially isolated sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the main things that they come in with is a little, sometimes being a little hesitant to connecting with others because they may have had difficult experiences in the past, or they have a sense of social perfectionism, which basically means that you feel like you have to look perfect in social situations in order to be accepted. And what we really know is that The way people connect is often through their vulnerabilities. It's often through the ways that um, things are hard for them. But if you're gifted and you feel like you can't show that vulnerability, then that causes a lot of problems with making deep, long-lasting relationships. So that's something that I find that people will come into therapy for, or if they come into therapy for their children, when I suggest connecting with the gifted community, you know, there's, they say, yeah, that's a good idea, but don't do it. (laughs) So (laughs) It's something I kind of have to push because I feel like community is important. And in the Chicago area, at least there are a lot of like meetups or, you know, park days. There's a Chicago gifted community center that puts on a lot of great events and connects people. So I'm, I always steer parents towards that because I think that Connection is just so important and helps relieve a lot of stress.
0: Mm. And that's also one of the reasons for my podcast, because I feel Mm -hmm. there's a lot of adults out there. They might have been identified as kids, as gifted, but don't know that this is what causes them not
1: finding
0: their peers in adulthood or they never learned about their giftedness like they never think you know i wasn't good at math i'm not gifted and then Mm -hmm. there's these stereotypes about you know being like sheldon cooper from the big bang theory but right i am not the one gifted so they would never like and then even when when you suggest you might be gifted they're very like resistant right so Mm -hmm. find that This could be, you know, their people is hard.
1: Yeah. Most of the families I work with don't like the term gifted and try not (laughs) to use it, you know, which, which is understandable. And I, it's such a double-edged sword because the term gifted in a way, it makes you feel good to be identified as that, but in another way, it causes an insecurity because if you don't live up to that standard, you feel bad about yourself but it it is a label that also connects a group of people it, it has a, it's a general definition that helps us to know what we're talking about when we're talking about a certain type of person so yeah but i think parents are a lot more comfortable with twice exceptional or 2e cuz that you know people don't really know
0: yeah neurodiversity i think is
1: mm-hmm. also
0: how how a lot of people yeah. now identify with yeah. yeah and it's funny you know you you speak about you know the term giftedness in English, but I've talked to people that speak different languages, and in all languages, there's always like nobody likes the term in their language. And <laughs> it, it has it has a bad notion in all the languages. So right, I think we right. just need to fight these stereotypes and create awareness, and that's why we're here talking about it today. You already um, now I saw on your website that you also have trauma training. Is Mm -hmm. that something you also bring into the gifted trauma? Yes.
1: Do you want to share a little bit? What is gifted trauma? So, I can only speak to so, in the way I was trained regarding trauma, it was just general trauma that children and adults experience and how it manifests in the body. Because a lot of people don't realize, they think that, you know, it's just about the memories or it's just about how it affected you mentally, but actually trauma is stored in our bodies. And often that's something that you need kind of a holistic approach to address it. What I found with gifted people who've experienced trauma is a lot of times it has to do with an educational setting or like either having difficult experiences with a teacher or in social situations that have very strong impacts on the way that they feel that they need to operate in the world in terms of like, there's a certain amount of hypervigilance, like feeling the need to always be aware and on top of everything so that something bad doesn't happen. And I see it a lot in kind of chronic depression or anxiety disorders among, I feel like we kind of catch it more in the teen years. But then, yeah, from what I've found, the type of trauma that gifted people experience can happen in a multitude of ways. Also the fact that there's a lot of times sensory differences with gifted people. Sometimes they'll have really traumatic like allergy issues, like going into anaphylactic shock when they're young and having that happen multiple times. And so because of this kind of vulnerability and sensitivity, I think that there is sometimes more of things can have a traumatic impact that not everyone would understand. Hmm. So I've had, yeah, definitely um, using... Trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy with kids is an intervention that has been really helpful and, you know, is kind of based on learning tools for managing reminders of the trauma and then also a narrative component where they're able to write their own story and change some of the negative conclusions that they came to at the time, such as that something was their fault or that people don't care about them or aren't keeping them safe so yeah Yeah, it's a deep topic it's (laughs)
0: yeah yeah and what I also heard is that gifted children or then getting into adulthood when you're constantly being told you're you're different it's wrong and this constant little tear traumas add up to this kind of gifted Mm -hmm. trauma of being rejected all the
1: time or not being seen, not being mirrored. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I Since I work with kids, I haven't seen that Mm. build up as much because it's kind of there at the beginning stages of it. So what I see is mostly the acute trauma that can happen Mm. in younger years. But I definitely do think that The little T traumas that add up as a gifted person, that's kind of some of what I was referring to when I was talking about peeling back Mm. some of the layers or undoing some of the harm that was caused when you're, you know, like you said, are different in a society where sameness is valued, you know, or conformity is valued.
0: Is there anything else that you would like to share or is there anything you wish people knew about this topic? Or is there anything you wish you knew earlier?
1: Yeah, I think that it's really important to let gifted kids and gifted people know, if you're a gifted adult, that you're worthy of love and belonging, just as you are, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to be smart enough. You don't have to be talented enough. You don't have to be creative enough. You, as you are, are already worthy. And I think it's very important for parents to emphasize with gifted kids that their strengths that maybe are measured in the outside world, that's not the only thing that's important about them. Because I do see that difficulty of the black and white thinking of either I'm the smartest in the world or stupidest. And I think that if we let gifted kids know that that's not the only important thing about them, it can really help them to decrease their over concern in that area and let them know that they can belong and connect with others just as they are and show their vulnerability, that their vulnerability is an asset and their sensitivity and intensity are assets. They're not something wrong with them. Um, So that's what I would say.
0: Where can people find you if they want to know more about you?
1: Yeah, um, they can find me at my website, eileenkelleher.com or on Instagram at eileen.imagines. And that's where I will post different thoughts or short reels about ways and tips that parents can be helpful to their kids. But I found that a lot of adults message me saying that the stuff I post resonates with them as well and helps them kind of have a preliminary awareness that they may be too e as well, you know, so.
0: And just to get a little bit of hurdle down for people, they don't need to have an IQ test to knock on your door, right?
1: Absolutely not. I do not care about testing, standardized testing. I have a whole, you know, thing about, but no, you do not have to have an IQ test. Basically, you know, if you just think your child might be too e or gifted, I'm happy to talk to you or see them or send you to a therapist who could be helpful, so... Yeah. Never let that stop you. Cause I know some people try to prove to me that their child was gifted and I'm like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> if you're at the point where you feel like you need a therapist who speaks to that specifically, that's, that's all I need to hear, you know?
0: Yeah. The child and the adult, right?
1: Okay. Right. Exactly. If you're an adult and you've just been told you're gifted or you feel like you could be twice exceptional, that's absolutely okay. I think most therapists do not care about your IQ or anything like that. It's more about the social emotional aspect of what you need help with.
0: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I learned a lot and yeah, thank you for your time and we'll be in touch. So thank
1: you. yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me and being so welcoming. It's uh, been a great experience. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed
0: this interview and you got a few new insights into the topic of giftedness. And if you want to support this show at this point, the best way really is to go onto Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and you go and you hit the subscribe button at Apple Podcasts. That's this purple icon on your iPhone, you can then find Unleash Monday. And then at the top, there's like three dots. And then you can basically follow. And if you scroll down, you can give a rating. So I hope you give me five stars. And you can even leave a written review. And this helps the algorithm to show this particular show to other people that might need to hear about this message. So that's why I'm asking you every episode to go like subscribe and hit those five stars and leave a written review and i do see those reviews and i really want to say thank you to everybody that has written a review it means the world so thank you so much and if you want to join as a founding member the unleash monday community then go on to UnleashMonday.com and hit the community button on the top right corner we're closing the doors on September 15th. And yeah, otherwise, I'll see you in two weeks. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye!